Welcome to another edition of the Relis Podcast, and I'm your boy Chris, and today is a very, very special podcast. I got one of my best friends, James Copeland, on the show with me today, and we're going to tackle something, um, well, it's well, it's kind of important. It's uh, something that I know my buddy James is kind of passionate about, and it's something that he's really... Um, I guess really been focused on tremendously here for a while, and our topic today is is um, where is the church as a whole missing it today? Because let's face it, the church is missing it. I mean, we're not doing what we're called to do. I mean, just look at America, look at the shape we're in. We wouldn't be in the shape we're in if the church was doing their job effectively here. So, exactly where are we missing it then? Well, James is going to help us figure that out today, and I cannot wait to bring my boy in. James and I have gone back a long, long time. We've known each other for a very, very long time. Uh, and he um, he married my cousin, I guess is where I first met him. Yeah, yeah that's where I first met him. Then we uh, we went on to be uh, bandmates, played in a band together. He was lead singer and played bass and really formed a brotherhood uh, in doing that. But for a very, very long time, James has been involved in the church. He's um, he's worked various jobs over many years uh, in the church and, and for various types of churches. But I'll let him explain all that to you. I'll let him tell you all that Um so let's bring him on in. James, why don't you just kind of give everybody sort of a a background, if you will, of, uh, you know, what you've done in the church up to now. All right. Uh, yeah. So, um, gosh, what, back in 2013, moved to North Carolina uh, from Alabama, born and raised there in Alabama. Um, started in youth ministry in 2001. So 15 years now, I've been working on staff with the church, different things. Uh, currently associate pastor for children and youth. I've uh, mainly worked in youth ministry, but I've done things like uh, director of operations there at a Presbyterian church in Birmingham. So, um, yeah, I've been working in churches for a pretty long time. So what you're saying is if anybody's going to help us answer this question, you're probably the best guy to do that, right? <laughs> I don't know about that, but I've seen some stuff, so... Well, all right, then. Well, let's just go ahead and just dive straight into this thing and just try to tackle it head on. Um, you know, being someone who has served under several pastors 
and who's ran many departments within the church. And also knowing that kind of from time to time, you've sort of been at maybe odds with those that you've served under uh, due to your beliefs and, you know, maybe this way that certain things were being uh, handled or, or, or maybe the way that things uh, in the church or the direction of the church was going. Um, you know, where exactly, and, and from your experience, where exactly is the church missing it today? Well, I think first I would say, I don't know that I would say I've been at odds with anybody. I, the one thing is, I, you know, I don't have the corner market on passion for the church. Um, you know, everybody I've ever worked with, the decisions they're making is because they love the church and they feel like what they're doing is going to, you know, spur things along in the direction that it needs to go to make the church better, to make the church grow. Um, there have been disagreements along the way, sure, but um, but I don't know that we've been at odds as far as our passion to see the church do well. Um, so, but with that said, you know, um, I, I feel like what we really see the church missing today is just a lack of focus. And you can see, you know, there are plenty of of people way smarter than me out there who have looked at all of this and, and they, they talk about church growth experts and leaders talk about how the older a church gets, uh, the longer a church has been around, um, the more inward focused they become. Well, when you think about the age of our nation and that we were founded uh, to have that religious liberty to come and worship the way we felt like we should, um, and the churches have been established since the beginning of, of our country, Obviously, we have old churches in our country, and uh, you know, any town you go through, you've got these little country churches lining all of the roads, and um, so they have churches that have been around for a while. And so, the older a church gets, the more inward focused they become. It becomes less about the original mission of reaching the community and finding the lost people and those without hope and uh, those who are hurting and helping them, and it becomes more about maintaining what we've created, this, this, you know, the building, the, the body that we have meeting in the building, it becomes more about maintaining those things. Um, and the more it becomes about maintaining, the less time you have to really reach the lost. And as culture changes and society changes, the people around you change. And if you're focused on maintaining what you've built, then you can't really change with everything else around you. And I think that's where the big struggle is today, um, is that, that you know, so many, churches have, have, so many churches have lost the focus when it comes to really the purpose of reaching the lost. Okay, so I guess my next question would be, then what should tomorrow's church look like compared to what the church currently looks like? Uh, well, I think really you've, churches need to evaluate what they're doing and why they're doing it. A perfect example, something that we've done over the last few years where I'm serving now is, um, you know, one of the staples of children's ministry in churches has been vacation Bible school. It's, it's gone on forever. Um, but one of the tough things that we had to do was to take a look at, at our vacation Bible school and, and decide, okay, what is the purpose uh, for us? And, and for most churches, the purpose is to reach these kids um, with the gospel and to have them accept Christ. That's what we want to see happen. 
Um, but we had to confront the reality that that wasn't happening. We didn't have kids that were coming to Christ. Yeah, we had 100 kids show up for vacation Bible school for the week, but we didn't have any kids that were accepting Christ. Um, so we had to take a look at that and decide, okay, if that's the case and we're not meeting the goal, we're not, we're not accomplishing the purpose, then that means we need to maybe um, just regroup and decide what we should do. So what we did was uh, we started taking our kids to a, a camp off-site from the church. Uh, you know, if any kids in the community that we can get to come, we'll bring them um, and we'll help pay for it if we have to. Um, but let's let's take them to a camp. Let's try something different. Well, this year we had six kids except Christ. So automatically we're seeing kind of the the difference in things. But I think I think if the church is going to refocus, that's what it's going to take. You've got to really do some evaluation. Um, and, you know, Andy Stanley, one of my all-time favorites, uh, pastors, one of the things he says is sometimes you have to say no to something good so that you can say yes to something great. Uh, the church is doing a lot of good things today. Uh, everything the church is doing, I would consider good. The motives are good. The the, the, the ideas behind it is good, but if it's not accomplishing the purpose, then you know maybe we've got to say no to some good things so that we can say yes to some great things. All right. Well, you may have actually just answered my next question, um, but the next question I really had was, you know, how do we begin to sort of turn this tide? How do we how do we begin to sort of shift where we are now to where we need to be? Well, I, th- I think we've got to look at the church. Um, as being on mission, and we've got to really drive home that message. As as a leader in a church, um, I need the people in the church to understand that they are on mission, uh, that the church is not about them. Um, it's not about what it can do for them. It's not about what they get out of it when they come. Uh, but being the church is about what you can do for other people, about sharing that message of Christ with other people, about loving the community where they are, um, so if we're ever going to turn the tide, what we've really got to do is we've got to look at ourselves. Uh, we've got to decide where we are um, as, as a follower of Christ. Um, and when we go to church, you know, is is that the only church we ever get? You know, it's kind of the old cliche, I don't go to church, I am the church. Uh, some people are the church every day. Some people are, they go to church. Um, so we've got to look at ourselves and decide, are we on mission um, or are we just going to the show every week? Um, and if we're just going to the show every week, something's got to happen inside of us. Uh, we're never going to be able to reach a community for Christ if, if you know, everything's messed up on the inside. Um, so I think that's it. I mean, anything, anything great that's going to happen in our churches is going to have to start individually with each, each specific person. There's, there's not—I don't think there's, you know, just a, a magic switch we can hit and say— Okay, if we do this, then tomorrow the church is going to be fixed. Um, it's just not going to work. Uh, it's it's an individual process. So I think as leaders in the church, we've got to help people understand what it means to be a follower of Christ. Um, that that being a follower of Christ and and being a churchgoer are, are kind of two separate things. Um, you know, you can go to church on Sunday, but you know. Monday is coming, and so what are you going to do with that? When you're out there and you're living it, um, you know how does how does the way you interact with your your community 
make them want to be a part of what you're doing on Sunday. All right. Well, this next question sort of a personal one for me, I guess. I have a really close friend of mine who is someone who was brought up in the church, uh, came to Christ at an early age, and then it just seemed like everything in life was just being thrown on them. And part of it was because of their own choices, and then other parts of it was because, well, you know, they had really no control over it, to be honest with you. I mean, some of the other stuff that happened... um, and it's just horrific, horrific things that you wouldn't want anybody ever to go through. Um, and when I began to sort of find out these things about him, I sort of had the mental picture of, you know, someone being left out in the cold, just shivering, asking for help, and no one there to help them, you know. And, you know, how do we help these people? Because I've talked to this person, and they question now everything they once believed how do we go about reaching these people how do we go about helping these people because you know these are some of the very people out there who are just leaving the church in in droves because i mean i talked to somebody else today somebody else i know today who um was in the same boat They weren't the ones being affected, but they saw family members in their lives being affected. And And they're sitting there questioning everything they thought they knew. I mean, they grew up, I mean, decades in the church, and now they're sitting here questioning everything because of it. You know, what what do we do to help these people? Well, I think... When it comes to to helping someone who's been hurt by the church, um, you know, it's it's again, it's one of those things we've got to look at ourselves as the church and figure out what we've done to hurt people. Um, and, and I think what it goes back to, you know, and I'm going to preach a message this Sunday, and we're going to be talking about freedom. I think the reason that the church has hurt so many people is because of this inward focus we have, um, and and so. We, you know, Christ said in in John eight that, that he came to give us freedom. Uh, that that you know we're all slaves to sin, but the Son has set you free. And if the Son has set you free, then you're free indeed. Um, but we don't live like we're free. We live like we're we're caught in this this bondage. And it's not just sin. You know, okay, you if you're going to set someone free, what good does it do to set them free if they look around and go, oh, I'm still in bondage. Um, you think about the the church in Galatians, where you know Paul has set up this church, and uh, I mean it's it, everything's going great, and all of a sudden he, we know, once he leaves and hears what's going on at this church, what's happened is this group of people have come in and decided that that living in freedom in Christ is not enough. We've got to have these rules. We've got to have these regulations. You've got to follow the old law if you're going to do it the right way. So you've got to have the show. And, you know, I think what happens is in the church, and, and I'm not talking about any specific building, I'm talking about as a group of believers, we've got these unwritten rules that we expect everybody to follow. You know, you've got to dress the right way. You've got to talk the right way. We've got to sing the right music. You know, don't move this furniture here or there. And what happens is we're living in this bondage, um, and we're so focused on ourselves and what's going on in the church that we've got people who are going through life. 
that things are happening. Marriages are falling apart. Addiction is going on in their lives. You know, they're struggling with with issues with children. Um, you know, finances are falling apart. They're losing jobs. Sickness is happening. But we're focused on all of these little unwritten rules. Um, you know, and so we expect people to walk in the door and just automatically know what our unwritten rules are. And then when they don't follow those rules, well, we don't treat them so well. And so then people end up being hurt by the church. And then when it comes time, something does happen in their life and they really need the church. The church isn't there for them or they don't feel like they can go to the church. They feel like if they're real with the church, then they're going to be judged. They're going to be condemned. Nobody's going to understand because we've got to put on our show when we go to church. We've got to put on the, the fake smile. Everything's fine in my life. Nothing's going wrong because I'm a Christian and Christians don't have junk in their life, right? So if Christians don't have junk in their life, when junk hits for somebody who might not be a Christian or who is you know, a new Christian, um, or sometimes it's someone who's been a Christian for a long time, but they just know how the game is played. And so they just keep it to themselves. And, and so the church isn't doing what they should be doing. Um, so I think, yeah, to reach those people, um, we've got to get over ourselves. You know, it, it's, it's not about the script that we have that, you know, uh, we think everything should happen this way and this way and this way. Life doesn't happen that way. And we have to realize that people are hurting and, and we just need to be there to, to love them and to support them and to serve them and to, to honor them and, and, you know, let them know that it, you know, the mistakes you make, the, the, the sins you commit, the, the stuff that happens um, doesn't disqualify you from God's love and because it doesn't disqualify you from God's love, it doesn't disqualify you from our love. Um, so until we get there, we're not going to reach those people. Um, now, there are some churches out there that are killing it when it comes to that. I mean, they are just phenomenal uh, when it comes to just loving people. Uh, and they don't bog themselves down with, with program after program after program. You know, you come to church on Sunday, and then the rest of the week you need to get out there and love people. Um, and I think that's a really good formula for reaching the kind of person you're talking about, you know, just, uh, we've got to be in, in our community, loving people like Jesus was going from place to place, meeting the needs of the people. And, and once you do that, then, okay, well, they're going to want to hear what you have to say. And it's going to seem real. And, and it's not just going to seem like you're trying to sign them up so that you can get, you know, more money in the bank, you know, to take care of your building. Um, or to build a new one, and, and that you really care. And I think that's where the difference is made. James, this has been awesome. I really, really appreciate you coming on, um, you know, really touching something that uh, is very, very important and something that really needs to be addressed. And I, I appreciate this great insight that you've given us. Uh, and hopefully we can, you know, begin to kind of uh, turn the tide and, and – uh, kind of self-evaluate a little bit. Well, it was inside. I don't know if it was great. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, man. No, 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 no. It, it was good. It was good. Really good. Um, I, I think you kind of came at it with a different perspective. Uh, you know, something that uh, somebody like myself who hasn't done all the things in the church that you have, uh, you know, you've kind of seen it from a different angle. 
and uh, it, it's good to hear that and uh, hear that side and, and you know kind of talking with someone that's kind of been behind the lines I guess if you will um, but uh, I guess that pretty much wraps it up for us um, you know if people want to get in touch with us uh, they can get in touch with us, you know, here at the podcast at relispodcast at gmail.com. That's R-E-L-L-I-S at gmail.com. And James, if they want to get in touch with you, uh, how do they go about doing that? Uh, yeah, probably the best way would be um, email uh, fbcw at gmail.com. Perfect, perfect. All right, so guys, please, please hit us up. Uh, at these email addresses, uh, let us know what's going on, what's on your mind. Uh, maybe you want to share something with us, whatever. Let us know. Uh, we want to hear from you, uh, and we're here for you. We're here to answer any questions that you may have or any concerns or anything like that. So please hit us up, and uh, you know we're going to go close it out. Um, the song normally I, I don't tell you what the songs are, but this song's kind of cool. It's from our friend. Um, Brad Stevens. The the song is called On the Grind, and I hope you guys really, really enjoy it. And I hope you all have a fantastic week and relish. Psalm 75 4 through 5 says I say to the proud, do not be proud. I say to the wicked, do not be so confident of victory. You see, some of y'all claiming to have victory, and y'all ain't even in the fight. Thing now. We in the fight, we in the good fight. Let me hear my soldiers say, all my soldiers say.
gon' get who he can get But if he can make a right smith slip Then he's chomping at the bit Cause if you strike the shepherd You gon' scatter here so fly So don't put your faith in man Build your house upon that rock On that rock, on that rock We gon' make this whole world drop Cause it's loving us forever What's that mean to never stop So get off the sidelines and on the front lines Of this good fight You done tried the rest, now try the best Press in the Jesus Christ And no weapon formed against you in this whole world Oh!